I'm Chris Doolin, and you're listening to Discussing Trek. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Discovery, and now Star Trek Picard. Today, we're going to talk about the 23rd episode of Season 7 of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, titled Extreme Measures, and this will conclude our Section 31 series that we've been going. No! <laughs> and it, and it kind of... Uh, We'll get into it, but I think it like ends off on a dud. But <laughs> <laughs> like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Trek historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Glad to be here after a brief hiatus. Uh, to me, I think it was a decent episode. So mm. we'll get to talking about it. <laughs> also on the podcast. Uh-oh. We have the Who story in Cal Jones. How you doing, dude? Hey, dude. I'm glad to be back. Like um, we were talking, it's an interesting episode, but I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk about it. So can't wait. All right. And once again, what we do here on this podcast is review each and every episode of Star Trek Discovery and soon Star Trek Star and soon Star Trek Picard in somewhat excessive detail. In addition to talking all things Trek. And uh, guys, again, I say this every time. If you like the show, just help us out by spreading the word and um, telling a friend about, you know, about this this show that we have here. This this little humble Star Trek podcast that we have. So I have a few bits of news. So Michael Caban, and I hope I'm saying that right, has been named Star Trek Picard showrunner. You should be familiar with this guy. I guess if, if you've been watching the short treks, he directed Calypso. Uh, and he's actually like a pri- award-winning writer, a Pulitzer Prize-winning author. He wrote the book The Wonder Boys. He wrote the screenplay for Spider-Man 2 and also um, John Carter, John Carter of, oh, of Virginia. Cool. He, he wrote that teleplay as well. So, you know, uh, interesting. He sounds like he's a die-hard Trekkie. And um, yeah, he's he's directing the first. I think he either wrote no, he wrote the first episode of Picard that's coming up. So yeah, should be interesting. Should be interesting to see what he does. Hmm. I enjoyed Calypso, so I'm that that's a mark in the right column for me. So that's cool. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, Calypso is very much different than what we're used to. But I thought it was an enjoyable episode. Um, also, he is uh, going to be doing another of the next series of short treks, and we've gotten a little bit of the short trek news, not much, but it's rumored that there's going to be a team up of our Enterprise crew from Discovery coming back to do at least one short trek. So I think that could be interesting. So wait the the future Discovery? No, no, no the, the Enterprise crew. So it's gonna it's gonna okay, okay yeah, okay. yeah. With Pike Ooh. and, and, and Ooh, uh, that would be real Noah cool. And Spock, yeah, yeah, I, I'm down for that. They can make all of them. <laughs> they can make all the short tracks just them, and I'll be happy. <laughs> oh man, I, I kind of I hope they give us some teasers of like the Discovery's crew though. Hmm. Like I need some. I need something to chew on for that. You know. Well, yeah. we still have Calypso and how it might tie into series three because it was in a way, the only one that didn't directly tie in last time, right? Yeah, well, that and the Harry Mudd one really didn't either. Oh, and so, Harry Mudd, right. Yeah, so um, who knows if that will ever tie into anything. I'm really 
I really don't think it will, but we'll see. We'll see. They may find a way. This is science fiction. Um, yeah, yeah. And one other thing before we move on, um, the the San Diego Comic Con is coming up, and apparently the Discover well Star Trek crew are going to have two big panels there in Hall H. So it should be inter- interesting to see what type of news we get out of that. I'm, I'm really uh, hoping we get some good stuff out of that and anticipating that as well. And also, how how's uh, the Mississippi Comic Con for you guys? Oh, well, Kyle, I'll let you take that one. Oh, let's see. Well, on Saturday, Clarence and I, along with our friend Angie, hosted a Doctor Who panel uh, Saturday afternoon, uh, which we had a lot of fun walking around, visiting with people. And then on Sunday afternoon, I sat in on a panel with uh, the folks from Offbeat, along with some other people. And then our friends from Reality Breached had two panels to end the day, which were fantastic. And I had a lot of fun uh, sitting in on those. So they they had a lot of fun, very entertaining. And uh, Comic-Con was pretty good. There was a big crowd there this year. Uh, what did you think, Clarence? Oh, uh, yeah, it was a big crowd. Um, I had fun at our panel. Uh, you know, once you go to so many of these, it gets <laughs> to start to get boring a bit but oh but um you know it was it was cool it was cool i, I very much enjoyed our panel and it's always fun to see old friends like uh laura um angie and our uh, matthew come out and support us which is always great so it's good to see them uh at our panels and you know i, I enjoyed myself <laughs> i think it was fine it was fine <laughs> yeah yeah i agree and you know one thing that i'll add in angie was on our first panel that you and i had ever done and it's fun to be able to sit back now and think about all the things we've done since. So her hat's off. I mean, our hat's off to her for joining us again. Yes. Yes, certainly. One hundred percent. And speaking of those reality breach guys, we're going to come back right after this message from Sergio. Hey, guys. It's Sergio from Reality Breached. We've got a bunch of different podcasts over on our network at realitybreached.com, and one of my favorites is Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. Shellheads is a deep dive into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in ways you've never heard before. From the early comic days to the current Nick show, nothing is off limits. Jeff from the Warp Zone Arcade joins me to binge watch and power read through a comprehensive library of TMNT fandom. Check Shellheads out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. For more details, visit realitybreached.com. So we are here to review Star Trek Deep Space Nine Extreme Measures, Episode 23 of Season 7, which originally aired on May 19th, 1999. Dr. Bashir and Chief O'Brien go to some pretty extreme measures to try and track down a cure for Odo. So let's go around Horn and get the 1,000 high-level foot view of this episode. And let's start with none other than the Who story himself. Kyle, what did you think, man? Section 31, nothing more than a side piece. This was just a <laughs> afterthought. But what it was was a good uh, our buddy film, I would say, uh, just showcasing <laughs> these two dudes' friendship, which I really like because this is the last season and you're almost to the end of the last season. But as far as Section 31 goes, it was like a door they walked through. Mm. It was just nothing but a set piece. But I still enjoyed it. What did you but, think, Jonathan? Um, 
So I, I liked it. I, I do. <laughs> I do like it. N- number one. So Bashir, especially the later in the series, Bashir is one of my favorites at the time. And his dynamic with O'Brien makes it even that much better. So I pretty much got a whole episode of that, which is not the only episode in the series, but uh, that made it worth watching just on its own. Uh, Section 31 is always going to be a mystery and just kind of leaves your imagination to wonder. Uh, So all in all, I I think I loved it. And I always say this about these DS9 episodes. This was this is a continuing story from a couple of other episodes. And I guess because I've seen those episodes leading up to it, this has a little more substance. Yeah. Uh, To watch it on its own standalone without anything before it uh, probably kind of makes it fall flat, if that's the best description. But I thought it was a good episode personally. Yeah, yeah, I, I think maybe the falling flat part uh, got me. And yeah, you're right. These last what several episodes are like chapters. I think it goes up to eight. Um, yeah, and probably watching one out of sequence is it, it probably throws you off just a little bit. Now, um, you guys, I mean, you guys are are on the right track though. This, even though this was a continuation in a larger story, it still was not as much content there as you would expect to have from DS9. Yeah. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an undemon. At ease before you sprain something. So, so let me read a footnote here in the Memory Alpha wiki talking about this episode and this is an excerpt out of the star trek deep space nine companion this is the only episode in the final chapter with which the writers were a little disappointed they had wanted to show they had wanted the show to deal with two major topics bashir sloan and the story of bashir o'brien relationship but as well explains we have been better off trying to do one or the other with the split in focus it just didn't work conceptually and that's kind of how I feel about the episode. I do think we get like some, even though it's section 31 light, which a lot of episodes with section 31 are, especially if we talk about the enterprise episodes that we reviewed. <laughs> um, but I do think even though it was light, we get a pretty extreme example of the measures to, to get their point across or to, to uh, put the Federation in the best position and and we you know we'll talk about what what they try to do to the founders, and you know I I think I've told you this before, Cal. I kind of hate any episode where we're in somebody's head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great, um, uh, Mr. Robot, somebody. Uh, what's the superhero show we were watching? Oh yeah, we tried to watch Legion. Yeah, Legion, and I gave up on that. Yeah, Legion. <laughs> Wait, is that the one that started with like they're in this mental asylum or something? Yes. Yes. It, you know what? I tried that four freaking times to watch that show, and I just got that just that was terrible. <laughs> they made it out like the advertisement leading up to it was amazing. Like this is going to yeah. be awesome, and then if and the first yeah. episode was really good, but it's just nah. like I can, I I hate to be inside somebody's head. This is like a pet peeve of mine when it comes to television shows because really nothing. That's how I feel about the time episodes. 
<laughs> oh, I'm fine. I'm fine with time, but I'm 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 agreeing with you guys on on the Legion thing, the whole trippy thing, and the flower children and all that. Uh huh. <laughs> Oh, so we start off the episode. We see Odo's in dire straits and he's dying. Jonathan, uh, what do you think about Odo's resolve and his insistence that Kira leave him? Does it come out strange to you? Not at all. I, I, I mean, the Odo, I know that's exactly what I would expect. Um, I mean, that's always been Odo. Like he's he's always been committed to the problem and finding a solution for the problem, sacrificing himself if he has to. Like he's never been a selfish person. He's never put himself before anything or anybody else. It was always what's best for the cause. And that's just always been Odo. So that didn't surprise me at all. Hmm, I read Mm. that a little bit differently. And I want to see what Cal thought of that. Okay. So, so I actually took it a little bit differently too. And I'm curious if I, I, if I'm going in the same vein as what you're saying, Clarence, which are going to say, which is, I saw it more so as for many men showing weakness is a sign of showing weakness and you just don't do that. And see, you know, I saw it more so as, whether there was a love relationship there, whether it was the camaraderie between he and Kira, you didn't want this person that you either loved and or respected or cared about to see you in a such a weak uh, state and b see you as you're dying. Yeah, I, that's how I saw. It. How did you see it? No, I totally agree. I, I feel like it's a pride thing. I mean, I've had situations where I've been going to surgery for one thing or another. And I was like, um, whatever girl I'm talking to at the time, I don't come. Don't. <laughs> I don't not know. You know, so I, I totally get what Odo, Odo is doing here. Uh, I feel like his pride, even though he loves Kira, obviously, I mean, he tells her such in this in this scene. His pride just doesn't want her to be there to see him die. But he also mentions that she saw um, I forget the guy's name, uh, Vedic something die. Um, I guess it was like a couple seasons ago. A couple of seasons ago, you said Varile, B- Vedic Varile. Yeah. Yes. See, I don't. I don't know. You could, uh, see. I mean, yes, that will be the case if Odo was a normal guy. But this is not. I mean, he did, and I mean, he did say as much. You know, I don't want your last memory of me to be dying. But I don't think it was out of pride for himself. It was more out of worrying about how she was going to feel. Yeah. Yeah, I don't he, think he really cared about her seeing him that way, like he was going to be embarrassed or not. I think he just didn't want her to see him dying, Yeah, number one. And number two, I think he won't really wanted her to complete the mission. Like, don't not do this mission because you, I mean, really, you can't do anything for me here other than watch me die. And I don't want you to do that anyway. Yeah, it's a good, good, good point. So uh, her and Garrick are off to, you know, go on this mission. Um so, Kyle, I have to ask you, man, like, what did you okay. think of Julian's and uh, O'Brien's harebrained hypothesis on Odo's disease? Mm. <laughs> you know, I I looked at more so. So now whenever you say the hypothesis, are you talking about the harebrained scheme? That, well, that, the scheme comes later, but the hypothesis was that when he went to some Federation facility for treatment, they injected him with this disease in order to infect the founders. 
See, I took that more so not as a hypothesis, excuse me, but as fact is as that is what happened. You know, I didn't look at it that they were formulating. I just thought that they were just, you know, using them to state fact as to what happened. So even the first time I watched it, I remember thinking that 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 was just what what happened. So were they not sure that happened? Uh, I I don't think they were sure because they took forever because even Cisco says it in this scene. Why didn't you bring this to me before? You know, if you thought this what was going on and, you know, Brian speaks up there uh, at the last minute. Hmm. Uh, Well, I don't. So here's maybe if there's any negative about DS9, this is it. And it's in order to build a storyline. Sometime they snatch an idea out of thin air. (laughs) Yeah, they do a great job explaining it. But, you know, it's still like, "Mm, all right, we just going to just go with that all of a sudden. Yeah. So. Now, I do understand the hesitation of them telling him because, well, they were doing some unethical, illegal things like the brain scan, the uh, Romulan brain scanner that yeah. was illegal in the Federation and the false message to Starfleet Medical, yeah. which was an issue. Uh, so and they said as much as like we didn't really want to involve you because you'll be obligated to tell Starfleet command, which why didn't he then? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I have to ask, like, does this latest act by Section 31, does this make them even more despicable? Is, is, is this like the worst thing we've some, seen them do so far? God, no. No? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it is. Genocide? Well, okay. Well, it depends on which timeline we're looking at so if you include discovery oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) now if you do not include discovery then by far yes Mm, yeah true this is true it's just a a funny like this is the last like canonically or timeline timeline wise this is the last section 31 episode which just seems weird that we didn't get one on i guess it was impossible to get one on voyager but hmm, yeah hmm. you know i didn't i've never really thought about that but you're right this is the last time we hear about it you know and i hope i'm not uh, jumping ahead or but but i'd like to actually take it into the opposite direction in the sense of o'brien and bashir does this fall into the category of the ends justify the means and and if so or if not did did what they do take things too far in trying to save odo well i mean Cisco definitely calls them out on the illegal nature of what they're trying to do. I mean, it's obviously something they're doing something wrong. They're going too far. And we I guess we're seeing Bashir kind of take this mm, this role that's not really his nature. And to me, it's like we're trying we're watching Bashir try to be the bad guy in a way. And it just it kind of didn't sit right with me. It sort of reminds me of that mirror episode where we see Archer try to be bad. Uh, you know, it kind of, you know, Bashir trying to do bad things is necessary to do. Sort these? of like when he had the conversation with Sloan and he's play, playing like, you know, like, look at me. I've got the big backbone and it's coming across that he's a little condescending almost. And even hmm. I think Sloan makes a comment like, uh, is this is this how you're going or you know, are you, are you really going to do this? Right. 
Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, it is. A, it is a stretch for for Bashir, who we've just seen in previous episodes, um, talk about the extreme measures that that others were taking. Uh, Sloan right. and the Admiral, but now all of a sudden he's willing to get this Romulan mind probe and send false messages to Starfleet <laughs> in, in order to go behind Cisco's back, which guts for, guts on doing that um, to try to trap Sloan and you know again like I said before to see Section Thirty One kind of end in the thud. <laughs> oh man! It's, uh, I guess I mean that kind of goes to show you. I mean in real life you you have certain morals and standards, but when it comes to someone you care about in a desperate time, like how strong are you really? Like are you still going to stand by those morals and those standards? if you think going against them will save someone you care about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that coupled with the fact that I think, I think just Bashir has had enough. I mean, yeah. section 31 has played him like a fiddle. Uh, this ever since they've been on DS nine and, right. and this is his one chance to, to kind of get back at them, which, you know, we have a good reason for doing that. I mean, Odo's dying. But he's he's like you said, Cal, when he was sitting, he woke up from his bed. But this time, unlike the previous two times, he's in control, which I thought was great. (laughs) And, and, you know, does it make it a little bit less wrong? And I'm not even saying maybe I should rephrase that, that does it make it a little bit more or less questionable? Because I'm not saying that he's wrong because he's doing what they do to Sloan, because to me it would be a lot different if the object of who they're trying to get information from is someone like Cisco, who is upstanding, who has no, oh, yeah. they have no reason to do anything, you know, like that too. But Sloan, you do. So does that make that questionable act a little less questionable? Right. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I don't know if it makes it okay, but you know we're not gonna fuss about it. <laughs> yeah, Bashir's plan—we just talked about in the bed, and Sloan, of course, surprises him once again, just like he did the other few times. Uh, do we think he got the upper hand just a little bit too easily? I mean, force field, then I'm gonna phase you. It seems like standard <laughs> things that Sloan would have been able to get out of. I would think. But we've seen him beam away from a from a phaser before. Yeah, yeah. But well, I don't think he was expecting that from the doctor. Like in Sloan's mind, he was surprising the doctor. Yeah, true. true. Like he, like he did. He assumed the message was real, and you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it was a little easy though. Like I figured any head of Section Thirty One would have some kind of nifty little device that deactivates force fields at the pushable button. <laughs> yeah, you would think. Yeah. But see, here's another reason I called it like a buddy film between the two of them. Because if if you think about the, the premise of Section 31, and you even go back to the last one that we reviewed where you have the admiral who Bashir goes to confide in is actually one of the ringleaders that is pushing all of this stuff along, but the person he trusted at that time, because he had no choice in many ways, but still trusted, was still Section 31. Imagine it in Bashir's mindset that 
yes, I trust O'Brien, but what if he's Section 31? What if Cisco, even though he, in his mind, says, no, he's not 31, maybe he's still, you get my point that, you know, you don't really know with Section 31 how embedded some of their people are, who you can trust. So that's why I'm still saying that it's a more of a buddy um you know, a snapshot of their friendship as to how much these two trust each other. Yeah. And I think one of the parts I love from the episode is when Sloan threatens O'Brien's family. (laughs) 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 And, and Bashir kind of says, you know, that's not like you Sloan to, to, you know, be so direct. You're, you like doing things surgically and using such a blunt instrument. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like wow, he's like de- definitely desperate in that moment. Um, I think he's just off balance because he really just didn't expect this from the doctor. And it, like you guys said earlier, I mean, you come in just a few episodes late before he was all about this is wrong. How do you do this to people? This is never should stand. We're Federation citizens. You wouldn't expect that from Bashir. Yeah, I agree. So I think I think he's just kind of thrown off balance right now. Hmm. So, Coming from someone who plans like every single action yeah. and thought to the T yeah. and have backups to those backups to those backups. Like if you get that thrown off, you're just really off your rocker. Yeah, it also shows that Bashir has been learning over the course of these episodes that he's been involved with Section 31. You know, uh, he's learned the game. He's learned to play it. So very interesting. But what do we think of Sloan's attempted suicide, Kyle? What do you, what do you think? Was that expected? Mm. In a way for the character and in the way that they had framed Section 31, I saw that as 100% expected. What about you? Uh, I was a little surprised. I think he kind of went out a little too easily. It it didn't seem like it was his last hope to get out of that situation. But when you think of the directive to protect what he knows – uh, and it goes beyond just knowing about, you know, what happened to Odo. He knows a lot more, which we kind of talk. Well, we kind of discuss at the end when they're in Sloan's office. He knows a lot and he's not willing to give up any of it. And he'd rather die than, than, than do so. <laughs> Let me add one other thing. Whenever you say the directive, I think there was an also another directive. But yet on the story aspect if this is the last season we have a directive to wrap up some of these stories and his suicide would help wrap up his story Hmm. yeah Hmm. Yeah, again something pulled out of thin air (laughs) (laughs) oh it's just a plan to go inside sloan's head i mean really really (laughs) oh he's dying let's go inside his head (laughs) o'brien Like what? (laughs) Oh, have we seen? I mean, I guess we've seen a couple of those on Star Trek, though. That seems to be kind of a go-to thing these days. Have we seen it a lot on Star Trek? Uh, yeah, we did. Uh, on Voyager, it happened a couple of times. Hmm. Mm. I know we recently saw it on Doom Patrol. Uh. Let me go back. Let me think. So it was the episode where who was stuck in their they were in their mind. Balana. Okay, but 
Yeah, because did Janeway join her in her mind? That's, yeah, I think you're right. It, 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 I can see it making more sense in like a mind mail situation, you know? Right. That, I mean, we've seen that plenty of times. To me, that makes more sense than the. I shouldn't be yeah. fussing about the tech of Star Trek. I shouldn't be fussing about it. But it seemed like he just. Yeah, I got you. you so I see you're, you're more worried about like how did they accomplish it? Yes. It seemed like he just thought of, thought of it on the fly. It wasn't like a known procedure. Well, he is genetically enhanced. Hmm. And, and and that's one of my questions I wanted to ask you guys. What exactly do they mean by he's genetically enhanced? What does that mean? Smarter. What is enhanced? Smarter. He, yeah, I mean, whatever. So they someone, and I don't remember the history of it, but some scientists created this way to augment people's genetics. So if you look back on... Was that the Enterprise episode? Oh, that where, goes all the way back to Khan. Uh, gene- yeah. Genetic, uh, genetics, but genetic enhancements have been outlawed, basically. <laughs> and, I, and I think that some people kind of loosely blame that on why cleanups look the way they do. Yeah, because uh, there was a cleanup scientist that kind of started working with this too. But anyway, they enhance somehow. They like they take their genes and like enhance specific genes to like be more active. So yeah, they made them a lot smarter. And I don't think they made him stronger, though. They made him healthier, maybe. I don't know. But yeah. mainly it was his brain. But genetic gotcha. enhancements are a thing in, in the Star Trek world uh, that we've seen a lot. Um, I wonder, is it a thing in real life? Well, it's going to be. Um, wow, I wish I knew the name of the technology. Something splicing. Gene splicing? Nope. That's yeah. never a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, to, to totally get off topic here. The guy, I think it was some guy in Russia genetically engineered these babies where they couldn't contract AIDS. Mm, okay. Yeah. And they're already like, um, man, I wish I knew the term is on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, gene gene editing is like a thing now. Um, mm. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that one, but okay. <laughs> so, man, I don't know about the, last, the latter half of the episode. I think it's all one big romp. <laughs> I think the biggest thing I have out of the latter half of the episode is when uh, Julian and O'Brien uh, talk about he likes uh, Kiko thinks O'Brien likes Julian more than he likes his <laughs> wife. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> uh, well, listen, where did this come from? <laughs> I think Keiko's always been a jealous-hearted person, though. Uh-oh. <laughs> she really, I mean, throughout this series, she's always been, like, up his butt, kind of. Until she <laughs> wanted to go find a plant she wanted to study, and then she was disappointed. <laughs> uh, but, you know, Miles is kind of one of those, you know, hey, I've been in war my whole life, and my the one person I count on is my brother. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I could see how he could have potentially, like, let that go too far yeah i mean and they're definitely that like kyle alluded to earlier they're this buddy relationship they are always on a holiday doing stuff they're always talking they're obviously very good friends uh but that the way they explained it kind of threw me out it was kind of out of left field to me but it makes sense it makes sense (laughs) (laughs) yeah well 
Yeah. So I'm open up the floor. Like you guys have any other thing in the episode y'all want to talk about? Because I think I pretty much covered all of my topics. Unless we want to talk about the end of it. Um, any other topics that we have not discussed that you may have notes on? Uh, well, I, well go ahead, Kyle. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Seriously. Well, I, the only thing I was going to point out, a couple of my standout moments in this episode was like Sloan's last like hoorah, which was a good a good tactic for him when he tempted Bashir to stay and find like read all of the other information that he had in his head. Yeah. And that like almost derailed the whole plan. And he kind of keyed in on Bashir's curiosity, which we know is there because Garrick has said it on more than one occasion. About his curiosity into the mysterious workings of a spy, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that that kind of stood out to me, and then the little playful banter that he and Miles had after they had been shot in Sloane's mind. Yeah. Air quotes. Um, mm-hmm. But that I, again, I always enjoy the Bashir O'Brien banter that they have. So that was good for me. So I think those are two highlights of the episode for me. Yeah. Awesome. What about you, Cal? All right. So the other thing I had more was a Sloan question, which is, you know, he was sending them somewhat on a wild goose chase uh, to some degree. So I was curious to know what you guys thought in regards to the conscious mind versus the subconscious mind. How how much do you think it was Sloan? in his programming over the years to follow section 31 rules and regulations, or was there a part of him that was maybe genuinely in death trying to help them more than hinder them? What did you guys think? I think he he was definitely trying to hinder them. Are you talking about the first version of Sloan that couldn't actually say the solution I think mm-hmm. that part may that's, have been trying to Yeah, because that's kind of where I kind of got that from. Yeah. But then, of course, you see, you know, where he keeps trying to trick him. And that's why I was wondering, was he? Was there any part of him that was trying to help? I, th- I think a small part was trying to help. But I also think, like, we have to realize that he's been going, he's gone through so many so much training as an operative. I mean, you do the same thing, I guess, in the CIA and other um, operations where you're like in high risk, <laughs> um, to cheat lie detectors or whatever, you know, I feel like he's had a lot of this training and even, even in death, he's still holding true to that training that he's had already. So I definitely think that was whether conscious or unconsciously, I think he's been trained in that mode and that's just how he operates. Mm, cool. Hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Clarence. I, I, and then you have to remember that you were in his head. So mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's no part of his conscious or subconscious that would want to help. So I think it was, again, like all his training and all that is just it was just a ploy to throw a wrench in the plan. Yeah. Oh, man. And this episode does one of the things that happens probably in every episode like this where they come out of the dream, but they're not really out of the dream. Yes. It like I've seen yeah. it a million times. And it's, yeah, it's so kind of predictable. And I don't know. I just didn't have that much fun with this episode in, in rapping here. I didn't have that much fun with the episode, but I do like um, 
you know, seeing uh, Bashir and O'Brien team up one last time. And, you know, it may be somewhat of a weird, but still listen off to Sloan. Um, so I, I thought the episode was okay, just not one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, guys, what are your thoughts on, on wrapping this thing up? Uh, Kyle, what are your final, final thoughts on the episode? I go back to saying um, it was it was the buddy film. I think it would have made a much better episode if you would have taken the section 31 element completely out of it and you would have had just the story of Bashir trying to figure out a way to, uh, you know, save Odo and then he'd be, you know, working against the clock and you still had interactions between him and O'Brien, but just had it not section 31 or maybe they had to go somewhere to get some kind of something to do the cure. I, I think that would have been a better emotional s- story involvement for all the characters. Just m- take out section 31. But that being said, being the end of the series, they were wrapping things up. I enjoyed it. It wasn't the best, but it wasn't one that I would say, Ooh, I, I don't want to see that one again. So it was okay. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Hmm. What are your final thoughts, man? Um, so again, I, guys, you have to, if you have not watched DS9, you have to go back and watch it all the way through. Uh, if you don't want to watch all seasons, season seven, just start it. Well, I would say start at the last two episodes of season six and continue through season seven. Uh, you'll get a lot more appreciation probably for this episode. That being said, it, you guys are right. It is not the best DS9 out there, but it was enjoyable enough for me. And I think I'm Cal, maybe you mentioned it earlier it, or maybe said something similar. I, it was one of those buffer episodes. Like it's so much tension in this season and so much pressure and so much going on. Sometimes you kind of need that light buffer episode to kind of like let you relax and breathe before we get back into it. So I thought it was one of those. Um, and again, I like Bashir O'Brien. I like Section 31. So all in all, I enjoyed it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, guys, we're wrapping up here. If you want to send us some feedback on this episode, tell us how we're wrong. Uh, want to send us your thoughts. Check us out at fans at discussingtrek.com. That's our email address. Or hit us up at Discussing Trek on any of the social medias. And I'm getting a little ahead of myself before we get out of here real quick. Let's go around the horn and see what everybody's working on podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with Jonathan shorts. Oh man. Uh, start with the easiest first. I'm working on absolutely nothing but work. So, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. I'll be buying a new computer soon. So if you guys have any suggestions, let me know, dude, you're getting a deal. I will not have a dip. <laughs> I will use my phone before I use a dip. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> hey, Cal Jones, man, what are you working on podcast? Oh, uh, yeah. Otherwise? So so I would uh, point anyone to discussingcomics.com. We will be doing, uh, speaking of reality breach, again, Sergio will be coming back on with us to do a mid-year report card on our 2019 most um, anticipated movies to see how those first half of the year uh, panned out. That should be coming up in the next couple of weeks. But yeah, check us out at discussingcomics.com. 
And I will say, guys, just join the conversation. Check us out on Facebook by searching for groups and searching for a discussing network where we um, kind of bounce ideas, thoughts, everything off with the people who listen to our shows. Uh, just a um, home for geeks. Come, come there and check us out. And that's all we have for this week, guys. Thank you for joining. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Enjoyed this podcast, you may also like Relativity is an audio drama serial about two people A woman on Earth And a man in space Struggling to remain connected To help one another through life and death situations Their only link across the vast emptiness of the cosmos Is the sound of each other's voices Find out more at RelativityPodcast.com Relativity.